Welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast, and I'm excited to share with you this episode with my guest, Alec, today. Alec is someone who I actually met through Instagram. He commented on one of my posts and was kind of pushing back about some of the, quote, progressive Christian uh, ideals that I have. And we were talking in the DM and basically came to the conclusion that we should probably just record a podcast episode together. It would be a whole lot of fun. And uh, these ideas should be recorded and shared. So Alec came up, he lives in San Diego, came up here to Oceanside. We recorded this episode one evening and it was really good. And I cannot wait for you to listen to it. So I'm going to not talk too long because that's what you're here for. Uh, But I will say, before we get into the conversation with Alec, I actually experienced quite a bit of anxiety after recording this episode, and I think it's because I was just really caught up in conversation. It was really natural to have a conversation with Alec. Um, He was very thought-provoking. He was very ready to go deep on some topics. And he really was ready to get into the nitty-gritty and challenging me, really, why I still hold the title of Christian in my life, which I really appreciate. And so it forced me to try to articulate where I'm at, my thought process right now, kind of where I'm going with um, a lot of those thoughts. Uh, But really, what I think is cool about this episode, and that at the same time gave me a lot of anxiety is that I got to really externally process with someone um, about some pretty abstract ideas. So uh, I think it goes without saying, but we're always learning, we're always progressing, and I think we should always have an open mind for new ideas, new experiences, and we should feel the freedom to be able to think about things and deconstruct things and reconstruct things and say things that maybe we don't necessarily hold as a dogmatic belief, but we're just talking about, we're just exploring. And so I really do that in this episode. And I think it's cool because our name here is Spiritual Nomad, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's exploring these territories, sometimes unknown, trying to pick up new paths as we roam this wilderness and figure out our true self and what the divine really has for us in this world. Um, So Alec brings that out. It's a really good episode. I'm going to digress so we can get right into um, chatting. It's it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, So enjoy this episode with my new and good friend, Alec. Right on. Great to be here, buddy. Dude, Alec, very good. I'm stoked to be uh, sitting here chatting with you and stoked to be not so stoked about sitting in my insurance office okay, right now. Cool, yeah. But hey, it's all good, right? Stoked it's a to place be to be. And um, so basically, we met like on Instagram yep. like a little over a week ago. Yep. And um, so for everybody listening, um, that's just how cool it can be to yeah, yeah. all of a sudden be on the show because it's like you make a few connections and then especially if you're local, like at the intro of the podcast that actually just dropped the day, I was introing and talking about how if you live in San Diego, like hit me up because I want to chat with you. And it's so funny because like literally when, after I recorded that's whenever we connected. Right on. It just happened. It happened. Right and on. so it's like it's. It's like you can't make that stuff up, you know? Yeah, we were just talking a a couple hours ago about how everybody acts like you got to make a huge effort 
or take some huge risk to jump into doing something extracurricular that you're passionate about. And we're like, dude, just a little effort snowballs into such a big thing if you just let it. It's just about the decision of, of being disciplined enough to do something that you love every single day. Exactly. Even and if it's, it's like for five minutes. A little, you're right. I mean, it's like one little thing uh, absolutely opens the doors for infinity amount of yep. opportunity. Yep. You know? The next day could always be the day. Exactly. Because actually how we met initially, you commented, and this is how I want to kick it off if yeah, you're yeah. down. So I posted something, and it had... I don't recall this, but I'm <laughs> curious. So it was like, you I, you may have tagged Carla, who is also here as well, and you were like, hey, um, basically, like, see, I told you Christianity was going to kind of do something... Do a little pro- comeback. Yeah, progressive. And I honestly, whenever I read it, I was like, I don't know if that's like... like if you're thinking that's a good thing or a bad thing, and I was honestly curious, like, I want to know more about your thoughts, you know? My, my general p- position on that is all powerful tools, um, they can they can be very benevolent or they can have negative impact on individuals or on cultures. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of things about religion that concern me. That, ca- that initial statement might have come from a bit of bias against religion, but yeah, it's yeah. good that we're having this conversation because I, I like to play the devil's advocate in a lot of these situations that religious people tend to lean really hard on. Totally. Um, so Me I, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like my whole comment was, I guess the negative aspect of my comment came from a, a place that I continuously think that no matter what, Facts. No matter what humans learn and no matter what new facts get presented, there's a certain amount of Christians who are going to reweave their beliefs into this new information without ever saying, shit, we were wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that leaves me at a really bitter standpoint. It's like, okay, so no matter what happens right now, it's all because Jesus did it. Like, coming from someone yeah, yeah, strong, yeah. I'm like, that's a... Uh, coming from a very strong Christian background, that makes me feel a very certain type of way that people aren't open to new information. Like, if we said a, a different God was going to come rescue everyone, they would be like, oh, well, that's the that's the original name for Jesus. Like right, a, right, right. They're right. all playing a, some sort of game of semantics that I can't get with. Totally. So I guess that um, what the content that I did see showed me that you were open to all kinds of new ideas and new perspectives. So yeah, the yeah. reason that I spotlighted you with the tag was because I wanted to see them to see your perspective on it, which I thought was neat. Yeah. Um, but uh, the positive would come from I think that it's good that there are people open-minded enough to understand that perhaps the black and white interpretation that they've been taught isn't exactly how the story goes. Exactly, and that's like my work is that right there, you know. And it t- it's taken me a long time to get to some of those conclusions of not personally, but it's come to a um, really just ahead over the past few months of like, you know, that is kind of like my work in the world is helping Christians progress into new states of awareness and consciousness, if you will, you know, Uh, and embracing that there are a lot of different traditions that Christianity has even borrowed from throughout the years. It's not the oldest thing around. It's not, you know, by any means, nor even is Judaism, you know, uh, its predecessor, right? 
And so I'm curious too. So whenever you commented on that, and I was like stoked because I want people to know too on Instagram. Like some people just want comments for like because it boosts their reach or whatever. Like I just want to talk to people about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, naturally. Know? That's why you're doing a podcast. <laughs> right. We all know this isn't how you get rich. Not at all, you know. Um, uh, so I'm just curious too. Like, so with that, I heard a lot of, and what I love doing is building the bridge between people who have kind of completely left this Christian understanding. Um, Which it's safe to say I, I have completely. Yeah. And so I want to help people who are still trying to figure out, like, they have this history with Christianity. And I want to talk a little bit about yours as well. But there's a lot of people, they were brought up in Christianity I was, you know, my dad was a pastor all the time, you know, my whole life growing up. I was a, I'm ordained, I'm a pastor, you know, and I kind of, kind of have had this major like deconstruction and reevaluation and what rebuilding of faith. You. Yeah. And so like, I love bringing in all of these new things uh, to create a new era of Christianity is what I believe we're moving into. And so for you, what were some of the things that like, I want to get into a little bit of your story, uh, but what are were some of the things that gave you a little bit of hope from what I was talking about, you know, without just completely writing off so, some of the stuff, you know? When I when I glance at what at the transition that I see happening now that you're referring to, yeah, um, the 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 moral fiber that Christianity really does a good job laying down for individuals who are raised from a young age in it, I think are characteristics that I love about myself and that I really love about other people. Um, so there are also very particular things that scare me about religion yeah. and Christianity in particular. Yeah, <laughs> now, me too. Hearing someone like you is extremely intriguing because someone like me who's who tends to think about things from a more mathematic and scientific black and white perspective um, fundamentally Christianity doesn't allow for you to both be a Christian and open-minded mm. so then when I see people like you that come from a perspective of that I am I am extremely motivated to challenge because if if I were under the impression that that were a reality, mm -hmm. then that's what I would have chose. But yeah. from my fundamental study, I don't feel like there's room in there yeah. to, by the, the Christian standard to be identified as Christian and also be open to new facts and understanding that this might be applied better from a metaphorical and spiritual standpoint than mm. a literal application of the book, which is more what we're seeing in our lifetime. Totally, 100%. And I think that too comes back to how this ancient text, you know, plays into the reality of our life, you know, because after, you know, the enlightenment, uh, we really focused on making a book making books, period, kind of the end-all, be-all of knowledge and wisdom, yeah. you know? And, and, and making that available and free to your average person without an intermediate priest, yes. per se. Right, yeah. But that goes for religion or science or anything. There's a major focus on having unifying um, texts 
the everyone in that can agree on. You yes, know what I'm saying? Totally. So that's the origin of like textbooks in school. You yes. know what I mean? And so Christianity adopted that and the Bible was used originally, and you'd agree with this too. I'm, I mean, we've known each other for not long, but I know you will. It's used by and large for a set set of rules for control for people. It's it's more of herd yeah. sort of stuff, you know, which is why it was only in Latin for so many years, and it was such a revolution whenever Martin Luther was like, yeah, we're going to make this in German for the normal day person. You yeah, know? yeah. And so you can debate a lot of facts. Yes, but you can't debate like the basis of uh, on why corporate religion is was formed and instated. Exactly, and that's also a discourager for deep thinkers who who want to have faith. It's like, well, the origin of this it, it, it seems corrupt from the very beginning. Yes, I even think bringing it back even earlier than that, that what Jesus was even after was the stories and this way of interpreting life around him and more so than anything was focused on the justice of the people who were overlooked and not seen the least and the last and the lost as i would say yeah, definitely, right definitely definitely and so it's peculiar that even jesus didn't write any text he didn't yep. say anything and the, only the first word that was written was in mark and that was a decade after he allegedly rose from the dead yep. so it's like you know, these were campfire stories for a decade before anybody decided to start writing them down at all, you know, uh, which, you know, you'll know too, and I'll, I won't nerd out on it too much, but there's the whole apocryphal books and there's many, there's like over 180 books of the Bible that did not make oh, it. Oh, out, I mean, you know, <laughs> there, there, there was a group of elites that, that, that formed a council that decided exactly which ones were going to go in there and why they were going to go in there. Like you got to understand too. I know that you come from a well doctrinated background being growing, growing up in the church and then pursuing some sort of career as a pastor in general. Yeah. So majority of people who majority of people who have the learning and the wisdom that you have are either unwilling to admit the things that you just said or pay a conscious effort to not focus on just the very few things that we've touched on right off the bat. Right. And that'll, all, that'll <laughs> yeah. very well turn people off of anyone uh, preaching from the books. Exactly. Like, hold on a second. Jesus didn't write any books. Right. A, a group of elites at the time got to select which ones got kept. And the reason that they enforced religion was to control people. Like, seems like a pretty rocky start. It's a completely rocky start. Yeah. And it's been a rocky 2,000 years, too, you know? But then to, to think then, okay... The Bible was an unpromoted, best-selling book of, of the universe as far as we know it. Like, to think that there's not something yeah. righteous going on there is also just as far-fetched to me. Yeah, so, and that's what's interesting, too, is it's like, okay, so there's there's the, the really weird, ugly side of this book. And I think it's, it's approaching it in the right way, right? And approaching it in, in tool. And I think after the Enlightenment... This whole idea of inerrancy came around that like the this book is without error, right? Which only came around in the 1800s. Okay, right, right. So and that really that fucked it up. Excuse me, that that no, really fine. messed it up it, rapidly. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was already falling off, and then they made it about that, and information came out, and it just now we're seeing it literally crumbling. Totally, yeah. And I'll, I'll correct that a little bit. The idea or 
originated in the 1800s, really became popular in around the 30s, whenever. Okay. So anyways. And even major, a more rapid decline in that case. Exactly. And before that, sure, it was like, you know, with Catholics and with it being guarded uh, as only elite stuff, you know, there's all different reasons for how the, this book's been approached. But I do think originally with the origins of Christianity, which would be Christ, which would be Jesus, I really think looking back at this man's documented life, although through third-party lenses and the best that we... Fourth or fifth or sixth party. Exactly. The best way that it's been written and, I'll air quotes for people listening, preserved throughout the years. And And then in turn presented. And presented. There is still a a really honest way of how this man had divine union. Yes, totally. You know? And I don't... It, if we're under the interpretation that without a doubt this person existed, and to me that's not even the important part. Right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's about what... So so let's just X that, that piece of controversy out. Like, right. Assuming this person existed and, and someone living in their life in an, in an example in, in, a, in leading their life by example in a way for others to follow as opposed to a very preachy perspective as we see most leaders doing nowadays but like to really have someone walking in humility like we would see how that would impact people for thousands of years like we're totally. still captivated by the idea of even if you're not perfect like being a lot better than the rest of the humans to the point that we're recognizing the changes that you made to the culture 2000 years later 100% yeah and even to you know and like your instagram it seems like you're you're very into more eastern thought so, I mean, by your profile picture, I think that gives it away. You know, yeah, you got yeah, the yeah, eye, right? eye, yeah. which, you know, is actually kind of a unique thing because it has its Christianity has a little bit of that symbolism as well. And some of the Celtic, you I mean, know, you area know, and stuff you know too. about the missing years of Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a big chunk of time where, where no one really knows where Jesus went. And there's rumors that he did go into India and yeah. like learn from Tibet. It's like, no, and I, well, I'm not trying to be taboo on people who are, who are married to their personal beliefs. Like I'm, I know that I don't know. Right. I just think it's very curious that Western religion formed around someone who really did a, a really pure job reciting something that already existed in the Eastern world, which is exactly. the remaining golden yes. rule, which is treat others how you would want to be treated. Love is God. God is love. Like those are those concepts are based in Eastern tradition. Exactly, and I think that's what's really interesting. And I read an article one time. They said, like, Jesus is, like, the, the origins, and it sucks what we've done with it, but is, like, the Western guru, yeah. you know? And I, I agree. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't think that it. that would be a more accurate um, description with the information that we have. And I couldn't find more delight in many other conversations than talking with someone who can see a little bit bigger of a picture and dare, or our version of a bigger picture. Sure. Um, because it seems like Christianity Christianity leaves such little room for people to to put their own twist on it. Although that's what everyone that touches Christianity that makes a fuck off it does. Right. Like you're not allowed to have your own beliefs about it. Only they are. And it, I don't know, it all just gets so convoluted so quickly. Like yeah. it, can, it can leave a deep thinker running the other way so fast. Totally. You know, because like I, there's an artist that I follow on Instagram and he used to be a pastor and he's deconstructing everything as well. 
his tags uh, the naked at naked pastor if anybody wants to look at his stuff. Interesting. And a pastor he does cartoons. He's a cartoonist, and a pastor gave like a new congregant a box, and he said, "Here, welcome to our church." Everything that you need about God's in this box, basically. You no need to look anywhere else. Yeah. That's what we the unfortunate. Oh, that's our that's our current manifest. That's the best exactly. we can do. Like yeah. here you go, everything you'll ever need. Yeah, and that's such a. It, dare I even say we ever actually hit an enlightenment? Like it seems to me like. The, even the term enlightenment, like we just accredited ourselves to that at that time because we were so desperate for a light at the end of the tunnel. But to me, it seems like we're still living our lives in the dark, not able to have this conversation on the regular. Exactly, because we've been given that box yep. and we've been and given every, that. The people that believe it, they if you talk about life outside the box, you're going to hell. Exactly. You're a, you're a hell-bound atheist. And if you live life in that box to everyone else, you're a naive person who just doesn't get the real world. There's right. no bridge there. And that's honestly the big thing of Spiritual Nomad is giving people, I had somebody comment, uh, it's been following for a while, and they're like, I've been following you for months and I just realized what your the name was. Yeah, that's the thing that most you know? attracted me. I thought Spiritual Nomad was a super sick name. Yeah, because it's like, okay, like, that's where I was at whenever I started this thing, you know, like I came out here with all intentions of, you know, starting a church and I was in a movement that was more, had a very evangelical bent to it. And I just was just getting way past that Yeah, yeah, in yeah. my it mind. Seemed, it seemed pretentious at that point. Exactly. So I was like, you know, like I feel, and really the people that I was talking with, it was like, okay, like people seem to be having a vibrant spirituality. It's just not in a box. It's not in the box anymore. And so there, it seems nomadic. I mean, you know, and they, it's like... They suppressed that knowledge. They did such a good job suppressing the knowledge and making you feel like you had to live in the box. Like, now we're we're in the age of information. Like, like what exactly. you said, we're in the golden age. Like, like yep. it's... You can allow yourself to be tricked, but it's a lot easier to figure out what's really going on, and that, I, that's another big reason why we're seeing the demise of this old Christian model. And, and dare I say, 100%. the old religious model, it doesn't function in a, wor- in a world where every person can look, can fact check you. Exactly. Because these people are preaching from a place like they know it. Yes. I mean, we see even the education system having a really hard time competing with open source knowledge. Yeah. No one wants to go get somebody's biased opinion on something when they can get both sides for free. Exactly. It's so just, college is, it's you a, know. <laughs> I think college, we're seeing, it, we're seeing church and college, we're seeing their last generation. Yeah. We're seeing those, and they know that. They're, they're saving up for the long winter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they're going to have to either find other avenues like this to reach people in some sort of loving and caring way or they're just gonna have to wrap up close up shop and figure out what to do next and you're seeing that a lot you know in church right now people are because of stuff like what I'm doing people are white knuckling on those hard facts fundamental you know beliefs you know and it becomes a point where people are so fearful of this this sacred cow if you will that's going to be sacrificed right Instead of embracing of what newness can come totally. after that is out of the picture. Totally. You know? and, and then also when you shift the focus of Christianity and all the other main religions from not being a sinner to 
a, a more transparent and righteous focus, then you'll actually start to see um, individuals be able to put their own heart and soul into the movement. Exactly. Like right now, it's really done such a good job alienating everyone because no one feels like they're good enough. Yeah. I mean... Well, and that's where it comes back to, like, this this idea, this original Catholic idea of original sin, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what we have to understand is, and there's some writers that I like that... Christian writers that speak about this a lot, and it's really about original blessing. So, like, in the beginning, God created us in our image and likeness. Dope. That's it. Made you like God. Dope. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And let's... let's and, and everything else after that... You know, because the fall and all of this, this is all stuff that was read back into the poems. Agreed. Much later, you know, and this is story. And, and I won't get on a rabbit trail here, but the origins of the Hebrew faith is in Sumerian culture. Right. You know, and I won't get into the gnarliness of But I mean, you know, I, I lean that, on but. conspiracy and we would probably agree with a, a good 90% of that. A lot more than we disagree about. 100%. And, and so I think that... What we can do, and what I'm trying to do is, is this current version of really just organized religion, period. I think there's something that happened. We're, I mean, the type of animals that we are, right, as human beings, we, we group together and we, we enjoy that community and that camaraderie around common sets of values and thoughts, yeah. right? That's, that's the, the blessing, if you will, of our conscious awareness, yep. you know? And so for me, it's like shifting the idea of church, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point, but uh, it's shifting the idea from not being necessarily a source of, of knowledge and of rule for your life, but rather a place of commonality and social good to inspire the common good in our areas and our cities. Interesting. And seeing a shift in in what church actually does and how it's even viewed by the people who associate with it. Okay, so let's you know? take this a step deeper then and I would say that when you're that almost means that you would be having to come from a more altruistic perspective in general and mm -hmm. and correct me if I if I go off the path at all, but you would have to adopt a some sort of superposition, if you will, where you're a Christian and you think Christ is w real, but Christ judges your character and your heart. And so he's going to judge you based on what, on, on, on the purity of your effort to be a good person, as opposed to like a set of acts or a set of rules or a, 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 a title on the particular religion that you decide to identify with. Mm -hmm. And then that leads you in to think, okay, so that makes you not a Christian. Because mm -hmm. if you think that these other people can get a ticket by just doing everything except the Christ part, because they're Jews or they're Islamic, fundamentally, as far as I understand Christianity, that means you can't be one. Well, and this yeah, is where yeah, yeah. this is where it starts to get very hairy. This is where the this is totally. where we might start to see things a little bit differently. Well, and this is I I, I don't know that we will because okay. I. I um, I was on like a Enneagram. I don't know if you're into the Enneagram or not. It's like personality stuff. Okay, no, we, we I can chat I about that off air because I'll get way distracted with that okay. shit. But uh, basically, I I was I made the term progressive Christianity on one of these things, and somebody asked what it was, and I just gave a really brief description. And exactly what you're talking about happened. This guy said, 
super cool, sounds great, yeah, but, but that's not work. a Christian. Yeah, that's you're not. not a and he's like, use a different title. And I would push back on that only because I really think that Christ, whenever we're looking at that word and the origins of what that really is, this it's a it literally translate translates anointed one. It's it's someone who has a a unique ability to, I would say, to connect with the divine and be the divine in the world, right? So that's that's my understanding of it. And so even more so, Paul in the Bible, which I have a lot of shit with, but he's I love where he says Christ in me. And what he does is he's bringing this idea, very Eastern idea, that not only did Christ inhabit Jesus and Jesus was the Christ, but in addition, even more so, we have the opportunity to become aware of who we've already always been, which is the Christ in us. So then I definitely do 100% agree with that. Um, So then we are playing a game of semantics because then what I'm saying is that When you tell people you're a Christian, other Christians assume that what you believe is much different than what you do. Exactly. So then for you to identify as a Christian is just kind of like a marketing ploy to someone like me. It's like, so you just want to appeal to all these Mm. people that you know are are trying to get where you are, but they're all stuck on the first hump. And you know, if you don't use the word Christian, that these people are all going to associate you with the devil because those are the only (laughs) two options in this black and white reality that these people live in totally so then i'm like okay so you want to stick towards christianity because it's a smart marketing thing and i'm i'm not being a jerk no but why not Let's call talk it about something it. spiritual and th- yeah. my answer is because then christians won't give you the time of day yeah well so i did go i ditched the christian title for a long time with it until i became aware of marginalized christianity over the past 2000 years okay So when it's weaponized, it's diminished. So, yes. So like, for instance, the reality is a lot of the things that what I believed believe now, 700 years ago, I'd be burned at the stake for posting this podcast. Anti-Christian. I'd be an, I'd be a heretic. Yeah, Yeah. And so, but the thing is, there's a lot of it though, that was accepted too. And so I think based on this evolved version of Christianity that we've grown to accept in the West. You're going to take the name back. So basically <laughs> there's, there's all of these marginalized burnt avenues of this vibrant reality that's that's left now is just those burnt down avenues. It's well there because of the age of information, we're able to learn more about this without the consequences of talking about it. So this used to be things the way that we know about a lot of these through like Celtic this, Christianity this was very secluded conversation that couldn't be had because of fear of this main sort of, if you will, I know there's already an Orthodox church, but there's a book that I read called, you know, whatever. It's this Orthodox, we'll just go with that Western Orthodox way of understanding that's now evolved and now known as evangelicalism in the West, right? That because of that's dominance and its evolution into kind of the big hairy ball that it is, the more unique, small, uh, desert Branches. father, mystic, yeah, contemplative yeah. Christianity, which has really existed a lot in Catholic circles throughout in various forms throughout the years. The Jesuits were I was very say some crazy secret societies. Yeah, yeah. The Jesuit society, the uh, Ignatius, uh, it was and it's, all it's sort all of in that. masonry and all that sort of shit too. There's some, yeah, some in that as well. Um, but you know, my I really find. 
a lot of hope in is there's a father, Richard Rohr, which a lot of our listeners will be familiar with. Uh, but he's he's a Catholic priest, but he's completely focused on this idea of contemplative Christianity or spirituality, which we would would be a lot more like uh, what we see in the Eastern understanding of of spirituality, uh, just more of a Westernized and version. I, my of only it, bone to pick you know? is just that coming from coming being a person who came from strong belief and evolved out of it. Yeah, yeah. What it sounds like from the outside looking in is that. Christians hired a new marketing and PR firm <laughs> and and they know that we're moving into an age where the old playbook doesn't work anymore and they're drafting a bunch of young kids to draft a playbook in a marketing mm. sham that's going to work now for a world of people who can't be as easily manipulated. Yeah. So what I I guess what I my challenge to someone like you who's kind of making some some time in their life to 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 give people some insight and some information on these topics like like start a think tank on how you can appeal to your new demographic, which is actual deep thinkers. It's people who spend yeah, yeah. their own personal time trying to understand spiritual growth and, and personal well-being and what's going to make for a fulfilling life. And yeah. and I dare I say that the words like Christianity and the way that it's being approached might might put up a firewall between you and people that you could potentially be impacting for the better really heavily. That's true. That's true. And and I, I would, and that's kind of a difficult part of where I'm at Yeah, right I'm not now. preaching. If, if it were an yes. easy strategy, you would have already picked the perfect name. <laughs> totally. I, I'm not beating a dead horse. I'm just trying to help you get a, a more clear perspective on how maybe post-Christians feel alienated yes. by the way that the information is being laid out. And I think that what, what keeps me in that camp of Christianity is... And primarily because, you know, I'm, I'm an American, like I'm Western, yeah, you know, yes, like touche. Jesus is, is the, when you think of the religious figure of the West, it's, it's our Jesus. representation of the God figure. Yes. Per- and so for me, it's like, I think that, that Jesus was a very archetypal prototype human in the world, right? We've seen others too, but for us, like that is our, a prototype of what it of divine union that links our history. Okay, so you think you know? that that you're you don't want to give up your number one tool, and you're not like you want to make sure that that you're representing yourself honestly and transparently, and you think that that's our best representation of of God embodied. And so yes, and especially for our culture in the West. So it's like, I guess what I'm trying to say is there is. Jesus. Oh, maybe Buddha, and you're saying that these other these other prophets could be much more influential to these other cultures. Hundred percent. But for this avenue and this culture, you think that keeping your ties to the most influential one is, is, Jesus. is the best way that you can represent is, yourself. Hundred percent. Okay. That, that's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. But there's there still could be some meeting in the middle. Absolutely, and I love like uh, I forget the author, but there's a book that says I couldn't be a Christian without Buddha. And uh, I, can't, I can't remember the author. I'll link it yeah, in the notes for dope. people. And so line. basically it's like, you know, like Buddhism is this amazing philosophy that we see a lot of 
uh, you know, it's religion, but you know, you know, it's philosophy. But it's one it's, of the uh, only religions that that doesn't give way to a god. There exactly. There's no god. Which is why it kind of has this weird place between religion and philosophy. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So like, I love it. It's I, I it's helped me tremendously, especially with figures like Alan Watts, who's helped. Yes, and that's one of my know. obviously you could probably hear it in the way that I think. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. That's my one of my biggest influences, and and we're we're much in line with you in that way. Yeah. So like, Alan Watts totally gave a bridge for. For us Westerners to understand Buddhism, Hinduism, just, Taoism, if, right? I feel like if you put in an Alan Watts cassette tape for someone who's 60 in their car and you close that and you press play, like they're going to listen to five minutes of that and what they're going to think is that's satanic. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being real with the Christians that I know. Exactly. Like, that's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. they, they, it's <laughs> the, the information has to be packaged very in a very specific way. Otherwise it's not Christian. Right. And that's what the hard part is. So really what I see my work is doing is continue. And there's other people as well that are, are doing this in the same vein and line that I'm in, trying to bring a more wide and expansive understanding of this faith tradition um, that I don't think alienates other faith traditions, okay. like like how it's it's just hard to do that theme. because so many people identify the fundamental yes. principles of these religions as being the one and only. Exactly. That's, wh that's how they've used them as war machines and tools. Because when they say, oh, well, Jesus says he's the only way. Didn't yeah. you read that verse? It's like, well, that's actually a verse for the Roman Empire against Caesar. Like, there's a... a Context. There's yes. a bunch more that goes along with that. Totally. But even that... Totally. Yeah. I, I, I know, it's I, hard. It's hard Christians work. Christians just don't... It's, yeah, th this is going to be a big, big challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of their identity is wrapped up in being more divine than the next one. Right. Like, people really like Americans, Westerners, they like having the biggest soda. Right. They like having the biggest, coolest car. Like, there's a part of this identity that's going to make them feel ordinary that they're going to not like that part of what you have to say. 100%. You so, know, but they forget that the origins of this faith, Jesus... Are about that. But they've been yes. focusing on the wrong things for so long, that's going to feel foreign. Exactly. And so... That's my work is to try to help that. So for me, keeping that that term of Christianity is to bring more of a an awareness to really what I think Jesus was about in the world and and what we in our Western view, you know, can learn from that more Eastern slant of things, yeah. you know, um, that I think is going to really help us in the long run. Let me ask um, you some questions then. Yeah. Do you, do you think that... <sighs> With this progressive view, do you feel that Christianity, is, or, or fuck, excuse me, excuse me, screw, screw, screw Christianity. You know, I, yeah. See, there's a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm trying to stay clean for YouTube and everything. We want to stay monetized. Like you want to get your yeah. channel going. Like let's not drop f bombs. Um, I'm just thinking that. Are you one to think with your current philosophy that? In order for society to have a high um, moral standard and a good a good morality compass, and and good um, a good safe projection of that in the physical world, like we would say America is, does that work without fundamental Christianity? And can 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 people do the right thing by one another? And come up with a code and a way to treat each other strictly because 
it's the right thing to do and society works better. Or as we move away from religion and as knowledge becomes the new king, are we going to see a collapse? Because if we look at Europe and we look at what's going on over there right now, it's really bad. Mm -hmm. It's 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 where we're headed. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if people like you think that no matter what part of the reason for society continuously falling apart is as we progress into easier lives, we start adopting more progressive perspectives on spirituality and that behind that door is an emptiness. Mm. If there's no God to serve, if there's no higher being to aspire to, does doing the right thing still feel the same? Mm. And eventually, does everyone does everyone realize in, in God-forsaken countries that they actually get further when they do the wrong thing? When they cheat and they steal, they get more than when they do the right thing because society no longer rewards it because no one believes in a higher power. So, so kind of where this discussion leads into is do we do you feel an obligation to reinstate religion and christianity because you feel like as a society if we don't go back to our fundamentals that we're essentially going to decay into chaos and and no morals at all no i think for me it's kind of the opposite of what's happening right now and i tend to agree (laughs) with that but i'm open to all perspectives totally no i think because of this uh, white knuckling on the current reality of Christianity that whatever reason that is eroding our moral systems, i.e., you know, don't, it's not a political podcast, but who voted Trump into office? Christians. Yeah, they did. Which is absolutely asinine to me. To me too. Like it's it's, insane. It's, it's completely bonkers that that happened. And so I would say like Christian women, nonetheless, exactly. So like, (laughs) I do not think like by any means do I have an agenda to redeem for, for that. I I think that it's, it's kind of going to shit period with a very right wing conservative Christianity right now. Anyways, you know, I would agree. I yeah. would agree. But but like you're saying, the the religion that we're practicing right now is like a, a sad, shitty knockoff of what Christianity was supposed to be. Yeah. So, of course, we would see it not working. Totally. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't I, I lean more towards the side that I think that humans would do fine. I, I'm more into God and the devil as concepts than I am in reality. Like, it doesn't really matter if Jesus walked the earth to me. Yeah. It's about uh, it's about the parables of this dude that was willing to represent his beliefs and that it actually paid off. Like, yeah. it's supposed to inspire you That's, to be your best person and know that the universe does reward high risk and benevolent activity. Hundred like, percent, it does, and that's, that's what it's yes. supposed to teach you. Yes, but if we eliminate it in two generations from now, like it, when everyone understands that all the religions were written down for control, and they they hijacked very core values in order to manipulate you into doing it their way, are all are all of those people going to become atheists and not do the right thing, or are they going to be able to create values around this sheer fact that we're talking about that doing the right thing feels better and pays off more can they come to that conclusion without god i we already have i just i i we have yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like we right now are the very first people to catch on to this in our generation yeah and yes i do think that this we're the very first christians 
yeah, to talk yeah, yeah, like yeah. this and still even and not be representing yourself as Christian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and because it's been so forcefully marginalized, and that's kind of now because of the things like the internet, everything can be freely spoken. Yes. And everybody has free speech, and all these ideas can be aligned. And the worst thing that happens is somebody subtweets you and whatever. Someone right? demonetizes your YouTube channel because you said a bunch e- of f words. Exactly. Whatever. You know. And so it's like, okay, like. That's, that's whatever. So now we have the opportunity to, to share these ideas that I think have been happening in sideline conversations for thousands of years. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But only right now is the average person even able to gain the knowledge to wake up enough to have it. Yes. Like it's becoming more, um, available yeah, to everyone. Available. And so I think people have this innate ability because I think going back to original blessing, it doesn't matter if you label as atheist or not or whatever. And that's even what Jesus even says. He says all 600 and whatever some laws, they say, hey, what is what is all of the law of the Old Testament? And he says, love the Lord God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? And they all agree at that. So I think you don't even have to be a believer in any religion to understand that like, God and and people have different interpretations, but this aspired to self, their best self, their true self, whatever that might be for them, there is that sense, regardless if it is in a tradition or not, that like if I am pursuing the greater uh, awareness of all things, you know, uh, in life, in me, and loving people, giving, I don't think that it... it doesn't really matter to me if there's a, a you know I agree association with, you. with it or not. You I know? agree with you two million percent. <laughs> but me playing the devil's advocate has to say you're still coming from a place where you were pre-programmed from birth that these values matter. Totally. So you can't analyze this from a non-biased perspective and think, well, I think the average human will come to X conclusion because they'll find value in it. You and me have been programmed in a way that we find value in these things. Totally. It it just wouldn't be that black and white if we had to kill to survive. Totally. If you and me Agreed. had to just kill one person while growing up or a few animals to eat, our perspective would be totally fucking different. Totally. So it's just like I, I do agree with you that the, the important part of what you said is that you definitely think that you as a human have the ability to decide exactly what's going to put you on point or not. And you don't need to fall under the code of what your the description of your religion. Yeah, because God is... You know, let, assuming the fact that there is this creator God for a minute, right? Or if you are in the simulated universe, whatever the creator of the program, right? Whatever it might be, okay? We can never completely, fully ascribe them, they, him, her. What You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, we just don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be way, way out of your paradigm of understanding. Exactly. For anyone, period. So for anyone to have any presupposition that they can do that to God. So I think that we will always, whether you're an atheist or not, you will always be able to be impacted and influenced by whatever this reality code that we're living in is, right? So for me... I think that 
if we are living in a, and this isn't an episode about simulated universe. Yeah, but, but it doesn't we matter. Were, That's the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, for, our, for all intents and purposes in our conversation, yes. whether it's real or fake, you're perceiving it as real. It's exactly. your real world. Exactly. It, like So the thing is, like I think the, the underarching or the overarching narrative of all things is love in self-sacrificial ways, right? So that is for myself, for my humanity, you know, for the earth, you know, for all of these things. It's love not only to receive it, but become it, right? That that is like the, 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 that's the no, that's the code, right? That's the code that's written on every, every single person, yeah. period. And it doesn't matter culture or language or anything, like cultures that have still not even been touched by humanity, you know, like, there is this deep innate sense longing to receive love and to become it, you know? So I think we will always go back to that. And if we always come back to that, I think we're right on point with God or creator, however you want to put it. That's that, that's us living into the very fabric of, of who we are as this species. Yep. Now you know all you saying? have to do is convince all the other Christians that you're right. <laughs> yeah. Because you're right. Uh, we do like like you said, we agree on everything. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. just like shit, then I guess I'm a Christian. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Then I guess a lot of the people that I know that don't identify as Christian, they must really be. And, and it's and all semantics. It, it, a lot of it is semantics and like I love and Rob I don't know if you know who Rob Bell is, but he's like a pretty prominent Christian author guy. He came out with a book in 2011 called Love Wins where he just questioned the idea that like hell is not a, basically a real thing. And that's kind of the tip that we're on as well. Yeah. Like this, all this stuff is fabricated. Yeah. And so the, the Christians like alienated this guy and made him a heretic and burnt <laughs> because, him alive. Yeah. yeah right? Because we all know how bad the system works if you're not scared out of doing the wrong thing. Exactly. And so basically he wrote this book Love Wins and he's like it's this whole thing like you know, missionaries go to these remote third world places and they begin to describe Jesus and describe Christianity. And, and these people are like, oh, we have that here. Exactly. Like, oh, that's what you call him, white yeah, man? We all love that same we thing. Are, we are, we, exactly. It's it's already been there. It's like Paul writes in, in uh, Colossians that the Christ, the universal cosmic Christ has always been and by him all things are created cool. and continue and to just, sustain, right? And at that point, then it just, then whether you call it the collective conscience or or the, the creator, the original, whatever right. it is, like we all know and we... Don't get me started on this, but we all know, no matter what we do know, we also know that we don't know. We know that exactly. there's something inside you that's making you you, that's more than this, that comes through you and does all the talking and thinking, and we don't know what it is. We don't even know what the energy sources really are. We have no fucking idea. Exactly. And it's really interesting how we think we have all this stuff nailed down. Like, undeniably, whether you think there's a creator out there or not, there's a spiritual aspect of being a human that we don't understand. You exactly. have a self-awareness that we don't have a term for because we don't know yet. Like we just don't know and we might never know. So for us, like complete atheism, a is that the right word? Atheism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is complete bullshit. Like right. you're denying that that you have an attachment to the collective conscience or or that you understand how you're thinking right now you get how you're generating this okay well then you are god i guess because exactly. none of us get that right 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 and the smartest minds are still trying to think about exactly so 
there's much more evidence for, in it, dare I say, a creator or, or God. Mm-hmm. I just hate how we've configured him to look yeah. so average. Yeah, yeah. Like this abundance of love and source of of infinite power, it's not some guy in the sky pointing at your life, man. Right. Like it's something that understands like what's going on at such a deeper level. Like yes. they've got it's got your back so so well, it guaranteed that you were gonna be born and it guaranteed that you were gonna die. And those honestly are more powerful guarantees than we could ever actually get here. So I think that we're really good at humans at, at picking and choosing the evidence. Yeah. Science has been really good at saying religion's impossible and religion's been really good at saying science is impossible. But if we look at it, I think what we know is we are understanding now that they're both very possible. They're going on exactly. simultaneously and that we need to step back and re-identify this whole Christian thing, this whole God thing, the whole religion thing. We just have to, we have to scrap that old shit. Sorry. The people who want the world to change in the right place, we need to identify what our goal is. And Mm. if our goal is to spread love and spread Christianity and be Christ-like, then we have to come up with a plan on what that looks like. And guess what? Most people that look at that plan are going to think it sucks. And that's how you know you might be onto it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know that if everyone's giving you a high five, that 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 plan is bullshit. Right. Because yeah. doing the right thing is hard. Yeah. And everyone wants the answer to be easy, and it's really hard to recruit people when what you're preaching is, look, take a deeper look in the mirror and and do better by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, no shiny metal or toy or cookie. You just have to decide to be your best. You're it, right? That's Alan Watson, dude. You're it. And and I think that's the divine in us. And I think that's the Christ in us. Me too. And I, and I again, yeah. we agree a million times. I'm just scared to say Christian because I was so damaged by having to re-identify as not one. Yeah. I'm not willing to re-identify as one. Yeah. And, so, and, and that's, that's a personal totally, challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But what I think is cool is a sort of interfaith integrated thing to where, you know, because I've struggled with the title a lot. You know, and um, I'm still and because I'm in this redemptive place of trying to make sense of this history and bring it into a new era. You know, like I've been going to my friend's church. Right. And we're trying to do things in in new captivating ways that can bring people more into this level of, of understanding with Christianity. But I don't. And I think that's the, the difference is I don't have like a vendetta to like convert you back to that right, right but now. The you know understanding I mean? of the religion is that if you're putting in work and time as a Christian, your goal is getting people to come back, to re-identify as Christian, to yeah. recruit Christians to, what's the technical word? To convert. Well, I, I kind of, not even really like I'm to not me, pointing the finger, but no, I'm I know saying you're not. people are going to assume that that's the ultimate goal. Yes, and I think that's where it comes through having to understand that conversion was never even really the original goal. That's the the culture that it went into <laughs> gave it. We quantize things we, in, a, in a much more aggressive yes, way. Yes, we have a Greco-Roman history in the West, right? And so because of that Greco-Roman history, it it quantifies everything in in that way. Yes, yes. So prior to that though, I don't think when Jesus said go and make disciples of all nations, you know, our our Roman Empire self got that, you know, it, around 300 and was like, "Oh, 
that means pull out the sword Go. and start killing people. And then how are we surprised whenever, you know, Islam started doing that as well? We did the same thing 500 years before them. I mean, you know? we're still doing the same thing. We just still. twist it a little bit different. Well, and we're using, we're using our tongue all kinds of as shit. a sword, yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking this shit instead of actually killing people, you know? But we are. We're involved in eight wars. We're still killing people. We are still <laughs> killing. Totally, too. But I mean, you know, I guess thinking about the age of information. But like what Jesus said is... It is a very, and you have to understand Judaism too to understand a little bit. And I want to respect our time here too, so I don't want to tangent on it too long. But like, when he says go and make disciples of people, it's literally like have conversation and live this life and exemplify what I have given to you, I've imparted to you, and it's supposed to be this very uh, share the knowledge, make some friends, go get it, and and bring justice to those who need it. I mean, that was one of Jesus' main things is that he validated people who the religious and political system did not validate, right? That was a, a, a main thing for him. Like, he fed 5,000 people because they were hungry. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, stuff like that, which I think is really crucial. And a big piece of Christianity, too, that I don't necessarily want to get into right now is the social justice lens of it. Um, but I know we're, we're, you know, getting kind of there on time. But I do want to know just a, a brief little bit about your your Christian upbringing that has made it a difficult transition for you, yeah, yeah. you know, because that's, yeah. So I grew up in um, a very, I guess, conservative Christian household. Uh, my parents were, my mom was a musician. My dad was a pastor. Um, oh, cool. Was that here in San Diego? Nope. That was in LA. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I, I like, I had a great experience in the church. I played a lot of instruments. I still play a lot of instruments as a result. Like I learned music. I got to learn how to perform and, and all, all kinds of good stuff. Um, but I, I use this metaphor more recently because it's so accurate. Um, how I feel is as I started to identify into who I wanted to be, mm -hmm. it didn't perfectly align as with all kids <laughs> with <laughs> their parents wanted them to be. Yeah, um, heard that. <laughs> but for me, uh, we put such an emphasis on religion, I was made to feel like, well, that's not what God wanted me to do either. Mm. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really weird having to make a decision to divorce my family before I really was able to self-identify because I had to choose what I wanted to chase. And when you're going into those crucial years, like you have to make decisions on which direction you're headed. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like as a result of people's inability to contextualize and comprehend the Bible, um, a bunch of innocents suffered. Mm. And that leaves me super reluctant to re-enter a relationship with anyone who identifies as Christian because what I identify as Christian is extremely black and white and cruel and not what I identified as to be now, but that's what the majority of people who are Christians um, subscribe to. 100%. Yeah. And so oh, the best metaphor is like what I feel like I went through would be like you're the Valley Victorian of your high school and a week before graduation you take a hit of LSD and realize that 
everything that you learned was marginal at best. Mm. That all you really learned was how to be the best slave mm. and say yes the most. Mm. Like everyone who believes in themselves undoubtedly has terrible grades because yeah. you're going to put the minimal that you have to put into learning what someone else tells you is <laughs> important and you're going to put the most <laughs> that you can towards what you think. And for me, I just put so much time and energy into being the perfect Christian. And so understanding that now that there that God wasn't some guy in the sky was so devastating for me. Wow. And so now I'm kind of on the defense and and I'm representing like people who have um, a deep connection with spiritual cre with spirituality and a creator, yeah. but who don't identify with the whole idea of being the mainstream Christian as, as sh I don't even know how to word it better than that, but yeah. just being some cookie cutter version of whatever people think Christians are. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, what's largely informed everything that you're doing now. Right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that creates who you are, what you, what you ascribe to and believe in. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, I believe in being able to have freedom of time and follow my passions and do what I want to do. And I think that the universe rewards that, that yeah. the creator out there likes me and likes the way I'm doing things now. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you're an artist and you have organization yeah, right yeah we had a non-profit yeah 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 so here i do such a bad job with my plugs i have a cheat sheet right here um, <laughs> so yeah you guys we run a, a really cool um not-for-profit movement out of san diego where we brought a bunch of artists together um, we use money donated by local sponsors and we donate murals to the community and then we were now we've got a whole film crew and photography crew where we're going to start documenting this stuff properly post it on the instagrams basically we want to take walls in communities make ugly blank walls make them get find cool artists that are kids donate the paint and get everything ready film the process and just put cool meaningful art in communities that are not as beautiful as they could be. I love that. Yeah. That is so, so cool. Our whole goal was to paint every day and it snowballed. So we want to give a, th a shout out to Loud Thoughts. That's our, our clothing sponsor. Cool. Um, they're a San Diego local streetwear company and they also do printing. So if any of you guys need flyers or shirts or any good stuff, um, hit up our people at Loud Thoughts. Um, we represent San Diego CRV Recycle. Um, everyone's got to be a part of a good cause. They do all the recycling or all the big recycling for San Diego. Um, we also want to thank Sprayer Shop, which is our online graffiti shop. Uh, they provide us with paint and a bunch of supplies. Um, they also have a writer on our team who is from Paris, and he's a super cool guy named Guy. Super um, cool. Shout out to Two Point Digital Agency. It's a North County media agency that handles our website and our online shit. Um, South Park Brewing um, gives us kegs and beers for all our artists. And then we have a fiscal sponsorship through Media Arts SD in San Diego. So those are our shout outs. So rad. Sorry, we'll tag got, all those down there too. <laughs> you guys can holler at me um, directly at Alec underscore Christian on Instagram. Or you can hit us up at BSD Murals on the DM on Insta or our email. Uh, is projects at bsdmurals.com perfect and I will link all that if you are driving or on a treadmill right now oh bro I will <laughs> I will send you a little note with all that on there so you can please do please do you guys thank you for joining the Spiritual Nomad podcast 
Thanks for watching on YouTube. And uh, basically, we just want to continue to spread this stuff. Yeah, let's and, keep uh, uh, let's keep waking people up and just spreading the good the good message, dude. Love yes. is what makes the world go around. That's gospel means good news, and that's what this is about. So let's stop. This making, is good news, dude. Yeah, it is, dude. We it's agree. good news. It's good All news. Right, let's close on that. All right, dude.